0: Welcome to the Choose You Now podcast. I'm your host, Juliana Hever. I'm really excited to introduce my guest today, Jeff Garland. I've known him for several years, but we all know him as the executive producer and co star of the critically acclaimed Curb Your Enthusiasm and as the patriarch Murray Goldberg on ABC's The Goldbergs. Garland's Netflix stand up special, Jeff Garland, Our Man in Chicago, is currently streaming globally on the platform. Earlier this year, Garland opened his first photography show in Los Angeles called A Big Bowl of Wonderful. Upcoming, he'll be releasing a book of his photography. Last summer, Garland returned to the Toy Story franchise, reprising his role as Buttercup in Toy Story 4. Recently, he co-wrote, directed, and starred in Handsome, the first Netflix murder mystery. Garland lives in Los Angeles and Chicago, and his hobbies include taking naps. We all know him as a funny, larger-than-life personality, and he's also a deeply thoughtful, down-to-earth, wonderful man. Take a listen to see how he chooses himself. Welcome, Jeff Garland. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: It is a pleasure to be here, an honor also.
0: So this podcast is a little different than what I usually talk about. I usually talk about health and nutrition and all that, but this is about choosing you now. And I... I found the perfect quote in your opening to Handsome, where you start with, there's no greater skill you can't hone than your intuition. If you can't trust your gut, you may as well be in parking enforcement. And I think that sums up the whole concept of the podcast.
1: Okay, cool. I'm glad.
0: So I I have a big acting background, too. I spent many, many years studying theater and acting and all of that. And I've always felt like stand-up is the most vulnerable. It was something I never wanted to go near. It was like the most raw, open. It's not like reading a script and reading someone else's words or being a character. It's like being totally naked and raw. So I'm wondering how you knew that not only are you genius at it, but that this is the the passion you wanted to pursue.
1: Um, well, I knew as a little boy I was always the class clown, and I wanted to be a comedian, and so I just did it. And it's the journey that when you put yourself out there, you're okay with audiences not liking you. I don't give a crap. I can go up to silence. I mean, I want them to dig me, but I um, I uh, truly am a... Am a, a um, I I'm indifferent to the results. It's more about the joy of actually doing it. So you feel like
0: it's the process is the actual, the art of it of it's not the laugh it's, it's self-rewarding.
1: Yeah. I mean, just the doing it is very rewarding. Certainly the laugh is what you're going for and what you hope will happen. But I'm, um, I'm good if they don't laugh. I, uh, I just uh, leave the stage, <laughs> or or I just keep going, and maybe I'll eventually get them. I don't know.
0: Did you have to get to that point, or was that just so innate because of being a class clown or whatever?
1: No, you have to get to that point. That takes years and years of bombing, to be frank.
0: So, can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how do you get past that? I mean, a lot of people they get criticism and run.
1: Well that's not been my my nature is if adversity comes i greet it and shake its hand
0: wow okay so what about that process can you share
1: well there's nothing to it except the the feeling of like i mean what's the worst thing that can happen to me if if i bomb uh people say i sucked uh The owner of the club or theater is not happy. The promoter. But really, I can go to bed that night. I'm going to feel good in the morning. I'm all good. I I mean, it's not like... Here's the thing. I accept bombing as part of my job. And when you know that's part of your job, it doesn't affect you. And so it's it's part of my job. So I'm good with it. But my... Goal is to have the audience really have a good time and enjoy themselves.
0: So with that whole idea of that you mentioned in Handsome, I'm just curious if that, you know, that is the crux of it, like honing into your intuition and following that. Is that how you this led you to your career? Is that what led you to keep pursuing this and go in this direction?
1: I, it just, I think that's a, a part of a person's nature, and my nature is that adversity, like I said, I shake hands with adversity and move forward. That, that, that's part of my nature. That's not, I mean, you learn that certainly, but I think it's also very much innate, mostly innate, and very little of it learned. Other, and by the way, the learning is the realization that it exists. That's all.
0: Can you elaborate on that?
1: Well, I mean, it's not like somebody uh, um, uh, taught me uh, to shake hands with adversity. But uh, over time, when it happens enough, you go, oh, this is part of my whole routine. I have to go with this. And so I do. Because otherwise, what do you do? You go, you become a ball and weep.
0: Right. Right. It takes people years and years to get to that place, so and a lot of adversity to be faced head on. What would you suggest to someone that wants to be more bold like that and let go of all of the criticism and all of the adversity and be able to plow through? Like, Do you have any words of wisdom that you would share, like what you've learned from yourself?
1: I swear to God, the best saying that has ever come up in advertising is just do it just do it. I mean, really, Nike nailed it better than anyone ever has. It's really about the doing, putting yourself out there, doing it over and over. And if you can't handle it, you shouldn't do it.
0: Okay, (laughs) you make it sound so easy.
1: Well, it is or it isn't, you know, Um, it becomes like a Zen-like part of who I am um, because I've done it for 37 years, uh, 38 years, excuse me. Uh, And um, so it's just a matter of that's the way it is. And so if you can't do that, see you later. So
0: what is the the concept of choose you now? What would that mean to you?
1: Choose me now? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's something that I struggle with all the time because I'm always thinking about other people's needs and feelings before mine.
0: So do you w- want to go in the other direction where you do? Because we talk about
1: I I, I am. I am. I am. If I don't take care of myself and put me first, I'm no good to anybody else, including my children and my audience and whatever. So I have to put myself first, not in a selfish way. Um, Yeah.
0: Exactly. I mean, that is exactly what we talk about, like the whole idea of when you're on an airplane and you're supposed to put your mask on first because you have to take care of yourself to be able to take care of everyone around you. Right. So you work in an industry where everyone just wants a piece of you, right? So can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Well, by the way, uh, it's only recently. Now, mind you, I've done it for 38 years. You know, it's only recently where I've noticed that people want something from me. I never noticed that before. I always assume the best of everybody. And so lately I've kind of noticed like, oh, oh, because people that are close to me have pointed it out before and I just never noticed.
0: What happened when you noticed that?
1: Um, I was hurt and I'm not as available anymore to a lot, to a a good portion of people. So there you go.
0: Yeah. You find out the people that aren't in that category.
1: Yes, it's opened my eyes a lot, you know, but I'm not a, uh, I can be skeptical. I'm not a cynical person, you know, and I assume the best of everyone. And I don't think that's gone away. I think that most people are very kind and thoughtful. And, you know, I, I, I have something up on my Instagram page that I wrote, and it really applies to everything, which is doing the best I can with the information I've been given. And I think that that's most people. We do the best we can with what we know at that point in our lives. And I think that's most people. I didn't say all people.
0: Yes, you try to do that. And that's how you can, you know, forgive yourself for making bad decisions. And Yeah.
1: Well, you have to forgive yourself for making bad decisions. Being kind to yourself is also the key. You got to be kind to yourself if you're going to be kind to others.
0: So what does that look like for you? What do you mean? How do you do that for yourself?
1: I, I do something. I do the same thing every day. When I get up and go to the bathroom, I look in the mirror and I smile at myself and I say hello, which makes me laugh and <laughs> make, and it makes me smile and it sets a tone for the day of like, hey, man, whatever happens today, you're good. You're good.
0: I love that. That's a good, that's a good tip. Thank so, you. Yeah, so okay. How do you block out all of the noise that you're surrounded with, so that you can focus on yourself? Like, do you take the time to do that, and how, what does that look like?
1: For I you? most certainly do. For me, that started, I guess, about six years ago when I started meditating. So I meditate twice a day, and that sets a, That also sets a tone. And then I always look for the quiet. I've made my home about being quiet. Uh, about it being quiet. I love quiet. And so that's how I uh, um, try and live my days. Even when I'm at set, uh, I'll go in between takes and take a little cat nap in my chair. Like I do everything to when I'm, when I'm working and I'm on uh, as an actor, as a comedian, or responsibilities as a father, what, ha- what have you, I take it very seriously, but I don't take myself seriously. On the flip side, when there's moments in between, I really do uh, try to be quiet and be still.
0: I love that in your bio, it includes that your hobbies include taking naps.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it used to be taking naps and eating pudding, uh, but I do not eat pudding. I haven't had pudding in many years.
0: Aw, why'd you give up pudding?
1: Well, I'm diabetic, that would be first off. Second off, uh, sugar-free pudding is not delicious. And (laughs) and also eating sugar-free pudding is like an alcoholic uh, uh, drinking non-alcoholic beer. Is that good? No, it's not.
0: Have you experimented with chia puddings?
1: Yes, I have, but-, but um,
0: To no avail.
1: Uh, to no avail, yes, yes. I mean, <laughs> they're enjoyable, but it also sets me off in a way that's not good for my uh, addiction.
0: So there you go. You're seeing, you know, you're making these choices for your health. And so have you, have you experienced the health benefits from making these choices?
1: Most definitely. Oh, my God. Most definitely. I mean, there's an energy that runs through me uh, that never ran through me before uh, for all the, the choices that I make.
0: Can you explain a little bit about that?
1: Well, it's like, it, it really is. If you, I mean, you know, it's like this is all not new. It's like the same thing about what they say, what gas you put in your tank, what oil you put in your tank. It makes a huge difference. And so being lighter, I'm about 100 pounds lighter than, than I was, uh, uh, let's say, uh, 10 years ago. Um, and... I have not. Oh, here's something that I think people will find interesting. I have never dieted. I have never. I, mean, I shouldn't say that. I lost all my weight. I changed my body. And none of it was through dieting. It was through a few things. Eliminating crap eating better. And then also when I emotionally want to have ice cream or cookies, I sit in a chair and I sit with my feelings. And I got to tell you, it sucks in the short, in the, in the short, uh, uh, you know, it's not, it's not an instantaneous um, uh, thing, feeling feelings, but I feel them and then it's over. And I haven't done anything self-destructive to myself.
0: I love that. That's what I tell my clients to do because oh, yes, that's everything. It's all in that moment and it's about like, what are, you, what are you eating for if it's not for that? And yeah, if you have the ice cream or the pudding, you get a dopamine hit, right? It lights up yep. all these receptors in your brain and it's like, yes, more of that. You want it. So- Oh, well, Although really I got to tell you
1: something based on that, is that at a certain point, uh, it doesn't affect your, it, you don't get a good hit, or the hit lasts maybe a minute. So you'll have the ice cream, and you'll feel good for a minute, and then you start feeling crappy right away. That's so right. it only works for a certain period of time. It's not a lifetime answer.
0: And it doesn't solve the problem that you were going in for. To begin with, like you're saying, what you're doing is is solving the problem. You're actually, like they say, there's no way out of it, but through it. And that's a perfect example.
1: There's no way out of it, but through it. That is very true. You got to dive in.
0: So let's also talk about the meditation because that's another really important strategy. Were you all in from the beginning, or did you have to teach your brain to shut off? What was that process like for you?
1: Well, I do transcendental meditation, and your brain can be on. What I mean by that is you have you when you do it, you have a mantra and you repeat the mantra in your head to yourself for 20 minutes. And then, but what happens is you will your mind will float away to a problem. To a thought, to anything, and then when you when your mind realizes oh i 've left the mantra, you slowly come back to the mantra it 's kind of like surfing in a way, riding the wave, and then you have to paddle back out and then get with the mantra again, and then you you ride the wave and it's it 's sort of it 's in and out it 's like the ocean it 's really um but that's why uh, uh, Transcendental Meditation specifically for me is effortless. You don't have to work to do it. It doesn't take focus. It just takes being present.
0: Have you found a change in your creativity? I mean, you're so brilliantly creative and and um, prolific. Do you find that that's changed with implementing these strategies into your life?
1: Uh, yes and no. Meaning when I meditate, I do feel more creative, but... I imagine, like other people during this pandemic, I have felt utterly uncreative. Mm. During the whole time. Like, I'm also a photographer. I've taken maybe in the past year a handful of pictures. I've not done any stand up. I've not done any of these shows with masks or rooftop shows or drive in shows. No, I have creativity to different levels. <clears throat> Excuse me working on Curb Your Enthusiasm, and working on uh, the Goldbergs. But um, in general, I have not been uh, as creative as I enjoy being.
0: So what do you do about that? Like, how do you sit with that? That's a big deal
1: it 's a very big deal, and it 's nothing but depressing and Guess what? you sit with the depression and then you feel good, and then you feel <laughs> crappy, and then you feel good it 's just what i 'm going through, but you know what at this point, I feel a light at the end of the tunnel i 'm already planning on uh, performing stand up again in September um, you know that that can change, but I feel pretty confident that that things will be semi-normal at least come September.
0: Ah, well, amen to that. And that'll be yeah. really exciting to go back like that. Yeah. So do you think that people always expect you to be funny and always on?
1: Um, well, I got to tell you, when someone recognizes me, let's say I'm walking through the farmer's market on 3rd uh, and Fairfax. I'm walking through there. Morning, I got breakfast and someone recognizes me. I know how I would want to be treated if I ran into a comedian that I loved. So I'm charming, if you will. I'm funny, if you will, because that's kind of like I'm giving them. It's part of my job, the way I look at it, but it's a joyful part. It's not one that weighs heavy on me. And I feel like my kindness, my warmth, my being funny is important then. Now, when I'm home, I'm not on when I'm working. A lot of times I'm not on unless I'm on stage or on camera and the people that I'm around aren't sort of expecting me to be always on, but it does. I do love making people laugh, but really it only uh, affects me with strangers and I give them what they want with great joy.
0: So do you have any advice for people who can't find the time or focus for them to choose themselves? Like any advice you would give from all of your wisdom that you've attributed over the time?
1: I I think it's different for everybody but I would say whether it's the evening whether it's the morning whenever you can find a minute I'm not saying to people to meditate but just take a few minutes 5 minutes is really all you need to sit somewhere quiet and just Hear your breathing. Now, mind you, that's not part of transcendental meditation. I mean, it is at the beginning. You sort of get a groove going. But if you take five minutes to just close your eyes and focus on breathing in through your nose and breathing out through your mouth, I mean, there's a way to learn how to do like yoga breathing and what have you and other kinds of breathing, but that will do wonders for you and that will re-energize you for whatever it is you're dealing with.
0: Well, thank you for that. And I would Mm. add to that something uh, the gift that you give to the world is to laugh a little bit more. It's it's very healing.
1: It is, but you can't control that.
0: Yes. Well, you could surround yourself with funny sometimes. Yes. I mean,
1: you're... (laughs) It's available on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, ABC, NBC, like all of it. There's comedy everywhere. So there's movies you can watch on a Blu-ray or on your uh, Apple TV, whatever. I'm saying there's lots of ways to laugh. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. Well, thank you for making us laugh. You always make me laugh. And thank you for all of your work. And you take care of yourself. Thank you for joining me.
1: Well, you're a big bowl of lovely and it's my pleasure.
0: That was incredibly inspiring. And I think the best takeaway advice is to sit through your feelings and to face adversity head on. All of us can do a little bit more of that. If you're inspired and enjoy the Choose You Now podcast, please subscribe to the show and send us an email with questions or comments at chooseyounowpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. For nutrition services and more information, visit me at plantbaseddietitian.com. I invite you to choose yourself now, and I'm signing off with lots of leafy green love.